What's up, what's up, what's up, guys? Today, today is the day. It's, it's that day. Today is the day that we are finally back. We are back with another podcast. Man, it has been, I'm putting my phone down on the table here. I got my coffee. It's a beautiful morning. I'm in Quebec. It has been almost, well, it's been all winter, man. I think the last episode we did of the podcast was with my future wife, Eileen Gu, about four to five months ago, man. And I don't know how I'm going to top that because we don't have any Victoria's Secret models on today, but God damn, did I miss you guys on the podcast. And uh, honestly, I don't know. Lots of things. I have so many crazy stories to tell you guys. So many. Uh, it was an insane year. It was the craziest year of my life. And in some ways, it just flew by and I didn't really get to experience it all. So maybe this is a way for me to like recap it in my mind. I don't know. Um, I, yeah, I don't even know what I'm doing anymore. But I figured, uh, I figured I'd hop on, make a quick podcast. I really, really do enjoy like... Uh, doing these podcasts. So um, it's something I'm bringing back uh, coming into next year. Hopefully by next year, we'll have a full-time videographer and filmer, the flying Englishman, Mr. Robbie. If you guys don't know him, he's, he's, he's the best. He's absolutely the best. He's absolute YouTube, uh, YouTube God. And he's going to take the channel, the YouTube channel and uh, everything we're doing content wise to the next level, which is a, a big plan for next year that I'll kind of go into later on. But yeah, super exciting stuff along the way um, coming in. And uh, for me, it's kind of exciting too because it's, uh, I don't know if it's a new chapter, but it's definitely a different chapter um, coming into the next season in this summer where I can kind of just fully be myself, um, which is exciting for me. I mean, for you guys, it might be terrifying. I don't know what you guys might think, but uh, yeah. Anyways, it's, it'll definitely be interesting. It'll, it'll be a lot more fun. Um, and uh, I think a really fun way for me to do that is the podcast because I just love talking. Um, and spewing nonsense to you guys, telling you about stories, helping you guys out with skiing stuff, talking to other uh, other professional skiers and other people in the industry. Uh, I have an episode with Steve Steep. That's going to be the next podcast. I had it banked up, and uh, I was asking all the lads on Slope Academy who they wanted to see next. They said Steve Steep, so I'm putting out a Steve Steep uh, episode. It's going to be released to them first on Slope Academy, but big exciting things coming soon. We'll also get Big Patty Daddy um, on the podcast. <sighs> podcast pat if you guys remember from the earlier episodes uh he's my best friend he's actually getting married this year insane too young to get married you guys tell him leave him comments below it says uh patty podcast pat i mean good for you but jesus dude you're younger than you're a couple months younger than me man i'm not mature enough to get married as most of you guys know not even close but uh, i gotta be a best i gotta be a best man i gotta write a speech guys i don't know what i'm gonna do for speech world's going on its head the world's going on its head this podcast from here on out is going to obviously be more skiing and action sports related, but I kind of want to give it the opportunity to uh, to breathe and, you know, I get to release some of my own creative side and talk about other things I enjoy and uh, and do all that stuff, um, especially with Pat and uh, some of my other friends. Like, it's not going to be just skiing. Sometimes it's going to be skiing. Sometimes it's going to be action sports. Sometimes it's going to be giving you guys help with uh, with tricks and tips and social media and stuff. And sometimes it's just going to be absolute nonsense, carnage, and uh, whatever I deem it to be. So that also really excites me as well. As you guys obviously know right now, this podcast is audio only. Part of the reason I wasn't able to keep up with the podcast all winter, A, I had a million different things going on that I'll tell you about in a second. But B is also the editing. The editing of a podcast, especially when you're trying to get it perfect. I'm editing out audio cuts audio clips, um, also trying to get 
the video setup between other people, uh, especially guests, and then screen recording it or recording it, and then matching up with audio, and then cutting it and putting everything together was it was a nightmare. And then uploading an hour long podcast to YouTube, depending on where it was with the Wi Fi, was something that just you know it took it took a long ass time. It was uh, it was definitely hard to do. So hopefully when Robbie comes around in the fall, then we can get some visual back on the podcast because I know you guys will miss my beautiful pa- uh, paste. Yeah, paste face my beautiful face and uh podcast pat's growing out a nice top gun mustache so i know you guys would like to see that as well a little coffee sip but yeah um so audio only for now probably throughout the rest of the summer i'm gonna get some guests on soon i'm thinking about asking kieran and devin fagan as the next guest after steep um let me know message me on ig if you have any good guest requests um i'm gonna be picking some and uh we're gonna be slapping them on the podcast like i said i enjoy doing this all right so let's recap last time we talked off uh we topped off on here talked off topped off whatever oh also the podcast is called banged up with bruce oldham as you guys know because you listen to the other podcasts recently in uh i guess the last year it's Bombhole came out with a second series of their podcast i'll have to look it up but it's called banged up as well if you see that they're copying me. Um, not that I care, but don't come at me saying I'm copying them. And I'm not changing my name for nobody because that's what it is. And honestly, I don't know how to go into the back end and change the name. So it's what it's staying to be. Um, but yeah, so last time we talked off, I was working construction. It was just coming on fall. It's probably September. We had Eileen Gu on. Uh, I had done a full year of construction, um, working construction that summer. And uh, I was training at Maximize, skiing at Maximize in the summer, which is an airbag setup, you know, getting ready for the next year of contests. Uh, we had COVID the year before, so I didn't get to compete. It was like a two-year layoff of competing. And I wasn't really sure what I was going to do with my life, you know. I'm sitting here. I'm like, I think I'm good enough to compete at the high, highest level, the higher levels. And um, I didn't get a chance to prove that. And I'm waiting to get moved up to like a national team or something. And I want to know what to do with my life, right? So I'm, I'm grinding out skiing and I'm kind of just whatever I'll do one more year we'll figure it out we'll see where it goes um but I think it's think I can make it happen right that was my mindset coming into it and uh really crazy thing happened I was again working construction um the whole winter this is something that I haven't told a lot of people but uh we know we'll drop it on the podcast I won't get into numbers just because uh because it's my personal stuff but um yeah, I was working construction and I don't mind working construction occasionally, but when you're working a job that you don't want to do while you're trying to chase a dream or something like that, that that's hard. I mean, a lot of people have definitely done that and tried that and have had to do that over their lifetime and they'll know how hard it is. So you're sitting there, you're like, man, all I want to do is train and get better. And I'm stuck here making like 20 bucks an hour, which is actually really good, but making 20 bucks an hour. Um, I'm not saving enough, up enough money to, to do my entire ski season, compete throughout the year. Um, not able to train as much as I want. And you know, I'm, you're stuck with a bunch of degenerates at a work site. I mean, I love the guys that I worked with. They're absolutely hilarious. But, uh, in terms of the mindset of becoming the best and, and moving, really moving up in life, uh, and taking on big challenges like skiing and stuff like that, it's, um, not not the best place you want to be. Anyways, uh, basically that entire summer I worked construction. I was training for MMA fight, got canceled due to COVID. Was going to be my first one, didn't happen. Then we was at, we were at Maximize working construction. I had headphones in every single day, listening to uh, listening to I guess self help stuff, um, things to get better, how to get better, business ideas, entrepreneurial ideas, absolutely everything. And one spark hit. It was online coaching, and I figured with my 
basically my my deep understanding of freestyle skiing and like how much I know about um the sport accesses tricks how to train better workout programs stretch routines all that stuff and like I've been literally coaching and giving kids feedback online for like three years leading into this so like every time a kid asks me a question does this cork look right how do I do a cork how do I do a back two? how do I do a front swap like I was on Instagram I was spending like 45 minutes to two hours a night on Instagram answering like 10 to 50 dms a night it was crazy for like a year and a half straight um anyways gave me the idea to start online coaching uh for freestyle skiing i've also been coaching people in person for a long long time my sister my little brother and then a bunch of people at the mountain um my local mountain and stuff like that and yeah i decided to take it fully online coaching so let's just say um i had no clue where to start i was listening to videos i was trying to figure out how to build an online coaching program what to do how to grow it and uh I finally realized I just needed to bite the bullet and I was talking to somebody and they suggested um, getting maybe a coach or somebody, a mentor to teach me how to build an online coaching program. So I did. I spent twice as much money as I had in my entire bank account at that point in time to uh, to hire this person to help me and figure it out, to teach me how to do everything, which um, was a huge risk because it was all the money I'd saved up for my contest season that year coming up. And if it didn't work out, I would have literally uh i'd have no money to go to to go to my contest and i'd probably be stuck back where i was working um construction or something like that throughout the winter as well which is not what i wanted to do um but i decided to say fuck it and we're swearing on the podcast now uh yeah by the way and yeah i I took that i took a huge risk and i i just kind of knew that if i i grinded hard enough and i had some actual help and I, i figured out how to do it properly it could be something that would really really be helpful for me and something I could do to really help a lot of kids that don't have like skiing programs or access to like really good feedback and professional skiers and coaching uh, where they are or they just want extra help to go that extra mile. So I did that, grinded it down, um, worked my ass off for two months, September, October. Like I absolutely grinded. I was, um, I did, I crushed the entire uh, like online course in two months and had I think my first 15 athletes in there in, in, in two months, which was absolutely insane. I went from working construction five days a week, um, training skiing and going to MMA whenever I could, to still still training skiing and MMA, but to, uh, to well, I, I was working nine to five and then I would started taking uh, sales calls for the online course and talking to kids and going through all that process. And I was doing like, anywhere from like six to seven at night. So I was off at five o'clock after work and I would go till like 11 o'clock at night, every night, minimum. And I was up at six going to the gym every day. It was, it was a big grind, but you know, the boys used to it. And then uh, once once I had uh, enough money to quit, I had made the money back that I, I put into the, to the coaching to figure out how to do it, um, to get a mentor and stuff. I fully just quit my quit working. I quit construction and I started building this uh, online course. It took me a full month. Um, I think I spent about, on average, I spent six to eight hours a day in Starbucks because the Wi-Fi at my house wasn't good enough to literally do anything, like absolutely anything. Like you can the Wi-Fi at my house, you can't send a Snapchat, let alone upload a video. So I was at Starbucks um, in my small little town at home in Perry Sound for about six to six to eight hours a day for pretty much a month straight. And when I wasn't in there editing videos, putting them up, building the website, building the membership platform or the, I guess the, yeah, I guess membership like site, 
um, hosting all the videos and stuff like that. When I wasn't in there doing that, I was at home filming and editing and recording all the videos for the content and stuff like that, outline the program, literally everything. I, I For a full month, that was my life. It consumed me and uh, needless to say, I got it done and it was something that I'm super, super proud of and it was so amazing. I got a coach 20... 23 or four kids last year, which was awesome. I absolutely loved it. We did so much crazy things. And some of the progressions some of them made was absolutely insane. Like, man, we had people doing their first misties, backflips from like literally straight airs to like that, which was awesome. And uh, we had some boys that were sendy, some of them that were sendy than others. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast, you know who you are. It was really, really good to see. We had some interesting characters as well. It was, it was tons of fun. I got to really know a bunch of these kids throughout the season and coach them and help them progress. And I really, really enjoyed that. Um, more on that to come later. But uh, but yeah, that was uh, that, it was, it was a crazy, crazy time. And I ended up making enough money to to ski throughout the whole year. So I not only covered um, the cost of learning how to do that, all that stuff, uh, which again, like I said, was was way more than I had in my bank account at the time. I also made enough money to continue skiing throughout the, throughout the season, which was something that was huge to me. And I essentially quit a nine to five job. And I mean, if I don't have want to go back now, I don't have to. I'm at the point now where I can I can coach kids online and continue training for skiing, which coaching kids online is, is takes up a lot of my time. Um, but I enjoy it and I can also do it kind of anywhere, which is one of the biggest things I'm not, and I'm not stuck to a time schedule, right. Which was huge for me. So that was, that was kicking off the year. Uh, sorry, I went in a little bit into depth about that, but a lot of kids have asked me about the coaching stuff and I, oh, so it's a cool story I wanted to share. You know, I thought it was a, it was an interesting point, pivotal point in the year. Um, after that, we went on a little family trip. We went to uh, my dad's side of the family. We went out and we went to Turks and Caicos, which surprisingly, um, yeah, they, they literally like, hey, we have a place to stay. I don't usually get invited on family trips because I'm kind of gone doing my own things. Um, but they're like, if you want to come, just book your flight. And I looked at flights and I was like, yep, I'm coming down. So I went out there for a week. Most boring island I've ever been to. Um not even that pretty. I mean, I don't get the hype, but that's also, you know, first world problems right there. So we're not going to complain about that. Uh, it was fun. It was cool. Uh, New Year's Eve, I guess. Oh, no. Oh, no. This is a, this is, this, this was a different timeline. Sorry. We, we passed that. First thing off of the year was, was the Yukon. I went up to the Yukon for a seven day big air training camp with my, my team, my friend, Graham, my coach, Graham, best guy ever. And a uh, couple of other athletes, Aiden, you guys know Mr. Mulville, he's awesome. A couple other kids. Uh, it, w- it was great. We do nighttime sessions there. So the lights are on the jump at night. You do two jump sessions and it was insane. The jump is built perfectly, big enough. Nah, you could squeak around a triple if you really, really wanted to, but nothing crazy. But uh, it, w- it was awesome. Yeah, it was minus like 30 couple nights, but I learned both ways, 16s on snow. I did... Um, some of my big, like new, crazy new tricks I have never done before. Switch 14s both ways. Well, I hadn't done that before. I had dub flat nines, right 16s, like I said, um, and really put a lot of miles on some big tricks as well, which was awesome to do. Uh, and that, yeah, that was, that was insane. It was crazy. It was minus 30 most nights, 25 to 30. I b- broke two pairs of boots completely in half, uh, cracked them from the cold and just, you know, shredding the gnar so hard. We stayed in a sick little, like, uh, house 
curled up in front of the fire, me and Aiden cuddled like men do. It was awesome, yeah. It was a really good time. And also, again, jump back in the timeline because I'm, I'm stupid. Right before that, um, Megan had a World Cup, the first World Cup of the season in Dubai. And my mom had bought family tickets for all of us like three years ago um, and it got canceled due to COVID. So somehow she had able to get refunds on them. And I went out to Dubai this year with my little brother and Megan to watch the World Cup, hopefully ski, and uh, went to do that. Maybe do the, I was going to do the Euro Cup afterwards. It got canceled due to COVID, but me and my little brother shredded. Uh, <laughs> we shredded that park there, Prime Park Sessions. I only got to hit the big jumps for like two days, uh, and then we hit the little parks. But it was fun, super crazy. I've never been to Europe before. I got into um, I got into Austria and had to take like a six hour, four hour. I don't know how long the train was. It was at least like maybe it was only two. I don't know. Two to four hours into, uh, into Switzerland, but uh, everything's in a different language. I've never taken a train system before because, you know, small town kid. And uh, yeah, ended up having to do like so many different stops, like getting yelled at by random people, trying to, uh, no idea where, I, I don't know how I got there. Um, but I ended up in Switzerland, met up with everybody. It was an awesome week, uh, week two weeks with Megan. Uh, it, was, it was great, yeah. And then we went to the Yukon, and then from Yukon, quick family trip. This sounds like I'm gonna I'm gonna document this year and it's gonna sound like you guys are like man this is the guy's the most white privileged bullshit ever, um and I get I mean I guess so fair enough but everything I've done and all the work I put into up to this point, um has made it happen and also this is all solely funded I did this all myself, by myself um which is the crazy thing to do because in previous years I've had to actually at the end of this year I had to borrow a little bit of money from my parents just to do the last two contests that came out of nowhere. They're surprise contests. We'll get to them. But um, normally, like, I, normally, like I, I go to all the contests and then I work all summer to pay my parents back what I owe them um, and what I wasn't able to cover myself. And this year was this year was a little different. This year was different. And I didn't hold anything back this year. This year, I went to every single event possible. So after going to, uh, after going to Dubai, I got an opportunity to go to Double Triple Fest in the Ukraine, which is a rail jam um, slash the world's smallest big air slash like stadium event in the Ukraine. And it was the craziest thing I've ever been to. It was this was probably the highlight of my contest career skiing. I did a couple World Cups this season and uh, nothing compared to going to Ukraine by myself with no idea what I'm doing, ending up in, in Kiev and going to like the craziest sickest contest event of my life it was insane it was absolutely insane um I didn't know if I should do it this was after the Yukon I was talking to my coach he's like you know what you don't get opportunities like this often why not what's the worst that can happen you go there and it was a shitty experience and you still went to the Ukraine like who cares so I was like all right I went there and it was they blew my mind the double triple fest people the staff everything there Ukraine Ukraine downtown Kiev is where we stayed, like Old Town Kiev, and it was it's absolutely stunning. Keep in mind, this was right before Christmas, so this was before uh, everything kind of escalated to the point it was, but it's still kind of a concern, right? You're going to a country where there's big talks of war and stuff like that happening. Flew in, got to the airport, <clears throat> was looking for a cab because I needed to get a cab to, like, the hotel that was, whatever, like an hour and a half away, I think. I don't know. I couldn't read Ukrainian or whatever, Russian or whatever it is, and I don't even know. Um, I was just kind of pointing at a piece of paper that had the address on it, but these big guys are like, yo, you want a cab? And I'm like, 
damn, I'll take a cab. This sounds perfect. Anyways, they ended up walking me to like the back, like back, back parking lot. They took my bags and stuff and they're like holding them. And I was like, oh, I'm definitely going to get robbed. <laughs> Just taking out all this money. Um, it's like, I'm definitely going to get robbed or stabbed because they walked me all the way around to the back of the, the airport away from all the other taxis. Um, turns out they got me. They, uh, they got me a cab. Guy showed up. There was like a bullet hole in the door. Picked me up, drove me all the way to the airport. He was, didn't speak any English, but I don't know, was not, didn't stab me. So that was good. Made it there in one piece. Definitely overpaid for it somehow. Um, I don't know how you get led to a back alley and overpay for a cab, but it happened. And uh, ended up at the hotel. And the hotel was crazy, double, triple fast. Hooked everything up but the flights, which was so, so insane. I walked to Kiev, got checked out Kiev. Uh, the town is beautiful. The people are amazing. Everybody's so nice. There's little like tiny, I guess you'd call them like, I don't know, like little tiny, like four by four huts, like with amazing coffee, like every 10 feet. It, it's a, it's the most beautiful place ever. And the double triple fest setup was insane. They had like, they probably put like half a million dollars into building this rail setup. Like it, it was crazy. Uh, broadcasted live visa sponsored by visa, everything else like that under the arch, like the main, like staple uh <clears throat> parkway of kiev it was it was absolutely beautiful if you guys want to watch the video and everything like that it's on my youtube channel i put two vlogs out from there it was the craziest event of my life um it was absolutely amazing and it was my first time going to a contest and feeling like damn you're you're actually making it like you, you've moved up a level and um this is what it feels like to be at, at that next level and it was really really good experience for me and i absolutely loved it and then from there, we went to Calgary. First contest of the year for me was the Canadian Open Tour. It was the first contest back for actually kind of everybody. Um, and like, I guess, <clears throat> I guess since, because we had last year off, but uh, I hadn't skied in like two, a week because I was in, it was in uh, uh, Turks and getting some sun, you know, white, white privilege, as we say, first world problems. Um, but yeah, then I went to, uh, I went to that contest. It was my first contest of the year. I was dialed in at that point. New Year's resolution, full year without drinking. I've been hitting my daily routine where I wake up at 6 a.m., cold shower, stretch, yoga, meditate, um, nightly routine, 100 push-ups, sit-ups, like 30, 40 minutes of stretching, you know, going over affirmations, stuff like that, going to bed at 10 o'clock. I'd been hitting that like dialed-in routine for – I've been hitting that – I probably hit that routine now for almost three years straight. Um, obviously I missed a couple days here and there, but I would say I hit about 80% of days for three years straight. That's what people don't see. They don't see that. Um, but yeah, it was, it was crazy. Went to that contest, was super dialed in, got a fifth in big air, which was, I guess, fair. I don't know. Qualified second and then got fifth with the same trick, which didn't really make a whole lot of sense, but it is what it is. I did a half up contest, completely blew up another pair of ski boots, like snapped in half. You guys saw the pictures or videos of that. That was insane. And like the bottom, the whole sole of the boot stayed attached to the binding. And then the top half of the boot was just attached to my leg and just completely separated. Uh, but I ended up getting third in half pipe, which was cool because I don't do any half pipe. And I actually really do enjoy half pipe. Uh, it was fun. It was just like minus 25 windy half pipe, which is not as fun. But it was still good. And then uh, when did slope style, first slope style comp back in like a year and a bit, laced up uh, laced up a run that I'm super happy with, got first, which was awesome. And uh, then the contest season kind of started just rolling from there. We went to, 
I don't know the contest in uh, <clears throat> in order, but in total, I did 19 events this year. So I did 19 different contests. Maybe like some events, I go do a big air and a slope, so that'll be two. But I think I did like, I think I did like nine different events and like 19 contests at each event, um, which was the busiest season ever. I basically only competed full time, full year. And after after uh, that, I went, I also did like rail jams and stuff in between, um, like at local mountains and stuff that I wasn't counting. But yeah, it was it was crazy crazy busy. Contest season got underway. Got a couple of other podiums. Skied really well. Was happy with my contest things. Season went to Mammoth. Um, did two contests at Mammoth that I didn't ski quite as well as I I wanted to. Um, but still like was I was lighting up training and was having like the best time. It was beautiful weather out. There's vlogs from there. You guys will have seen that as well. We went downtown Las Vegas, which is underwhelming, to be honest. Las Vegas is like the strip. Super beautiful. Very cool to walk around for about forty five minutes to an hour and then you have done it all. Unless you're willing to like just drop tons of dollars, drop bands, go hang out at the casino or if you're just getting absolutely wasted and you're in a club dropping bands as well then it would be fun for sure but again like i said doing a full sober year right now as i'm talking we're about we're almost seven months fully sober no no alcohol alcohol uh nicotine like absolutely anything not that i had a problem before like i was barely drinking or vaping or whatever you want to call it before like like maybe like total of like 10 beers a month occasionals um casuals but you know for me it was like a good mental thing like if i can stick it out for a year i can you know stick out a lot of other things so was on that grind so vegas was cool but kind of boring downtown mammoth was amazing it was a great contest <clears throat> uh, it was so much fun went back did a quick one in silver star i t- took on every single contest possible so like there is one there is a contestant with four contests back to back where I only had one day in between each contest and that day was to travel to the next contest. Um, most of the other athletes, I don't think any other athlete made all of them. I think it was the only one that just hit up absolutely everyone um, and made sure I made it to every event, which was, it was a lot, but it was, it was really good for me mentally. I really wanted to get back in there and compete. I uh, went to Calgary, <laughs> same course as the one I had won on earlier, but just a bigger event with bigger and better skiers and uh was skiing really well i think i qualified like first or second and then i was coming into finals and i'm like yeah, i gotta make like i gotta i gotta put a statement on this and i was trying to do triple flat 12 off of uh shark fin and i landed like clean but i just went like 40 feet in the air to like pretty much flat landing and just blew up uh hit my head pretty hard bruised and sprained one of my ankles really bad and bruised my heel but uh, still pushed through. Got I think I got fourth in that that I got fourth in that slope event, and then uh, went and did big air literally right after same day and dub sixteen mute and got fourth as well. So I got two fourths of that event. But I was you know I was fourth sucks, but I was stoked with that because I was like really hurting at that point, and uh, you know just to power through an injury like that was good. Also, we got to watch Megan at the Olympics. She got fourth, which was kind of funny because I got fourth in the next two contests, literally directly after that. Um, but yeah, that is what it is. And uh, after that, we went straight to Aspen Open. If you guys don't know what Aspen Open is, Aspen Open is it's the biggest course on like the North American circuit um, of the year, for the most part, usually is. It's on the X Games course. They don't dial the jumps back um, usually. 
they are they're usually very similar size rails setups usually the exact same and i was super excited to compete in that <coughs> compete on that course because i had like been really wanting to link some big dog tricks like 16 to like 214s or something like that but um got there like got there and my my i only had 3 days off from calgary to aspen and i my my sprained foot hadn't healed that well my my bruised heel was like still pretty bad but it was good enough to ski on and i was sh- still shredding pretty good um warmed up pretty well did some big air trained big air and uh big air came along the the comp day and dub 16 mute made finals and i was sitting there at uh i, I think i qualified like <clears throat> seventh or eighth so like two away from the bubble for finals with a dub 16 mute and i was like i need to do something bigger uh, i've never done a trip 16 mute and i was like now's the time so i went to do a triple 16 mute there's a video on instagram some of you guys might have seen it but uh, i just went to like pass the very last line of the x games big air jump and i landed and i had the atomic race boots at the time and i didn't have like any foam in them or anything like that didn't know that like if you asked uh the the atomic team they would give you like a pair of like custom foam pads because all their athletes bruise their heels because of how hard the base plates are i didn't know that and anyways when i went that deep and landed i bruised both my heels to the point where i like could not walk at all uh it was it was really bad i like maybe like slight fractured them but like bruised them bone bruised them so bad and i had to deal with that for the rest of the season this was halfway through the year it was it was not fun at all it was it was the worst part of the season for sure. Um, still tried to compete in in slope style the next day. Still still did one dub sixteen for big air. Ended up getting tenth, but I, I could barely walk, and uh, that kind of started off the injuries because I had done both heels uh, really bad and one ankle at that time. And uh, yeah, went home, got last minute World Cup spot to Georgia, which if you guys don't know where Georgia is, it's like right beside Russia and the Ukraine, and. I was like, fuck it. I've never been to a World Cup. I'm not missing this opportunity absolutely ever. Megan wanted to go because uh, we had been talking to a lot of other athletes and most athletes didn't want to go to the event because of the Russia-Ukraine situation. They were worried about getting stuck over there or like having something like uh, a war breakout where we were going to be doing the World Cup contest. Everything was perfectly fine, but me and Megan decided to do it because we're not going to miss that opportunity. Megan wanted to make some cheddar. And uh, we hopped on a plane. My heels were still bruised. I had three days off. I could barely walk through the airport. Got to the got to the place. Drove to Georgia or drove to the ski hill, which was like the craziest ski hill you've ever seen in your life. It was like an Aspen, Colorado, mixed with like a Whistler, but like a ghost town. There was like maybe like fifty people there. It was insane. It was the weirdest thing ever. And then the whole way there, it's just like poverty. Like people have houses with like well mud shacks with like half a wall missing or like a full wall missing i don't know it was a crazy crazy experience but get to the ski course uh and it was the the course was really sick it was great they didn't have a lot of snow so the landings were flat they weren't able to make them steeper which was not good for my heels because again i couldn't really uh couldn't really walk let alone jump every time i fell off a rail or landed off a rail it was like in a lot a lot of pain but i was eating like two to three advils a day ended up powering through that i don't know how i did like one straight air uh, and then no setups, just did my full comp run with like doubles and uh, did that like three or four times a day and did maybe four runs each day just because that's all I could do with, with the pain. Sometimes I would land and like it would just even landing off a rail or like landing and jump, it would hurt so bad. I would just I would just fall over. I couldn't keep skiing. 
but uh managed to uh managed to put a run together and the weather contest got delayed like three days because bad weather but um we finally found a day that was like all right ish and uh managed to put down a comp run that was still good i think i did back swap from four right dub 12 mute switched up nine nose and then i did dub rodeo nine bow and arrow i was doing dub road 12 but um i needed to land a comp run because it was the it was my last run and i didn't land the previous one so i only went with nine just to make sure i could land it then did a couple other rail tricks on the bottom features and uh, i ended up getting fourth which was crazy for fourth at my first world cup there was only um 10 or 11 i think there's only 10 people at this event just because like the the war situation but there's still like andre regatli colin willie a couple of the big dogs and uh for me just to put down a comper on like being in that much pain and stuff like that at that time of the year and my first world cup was it was huge it was really exciting it was crazy and uh yeah from there kind of it just kept going up man like i went to another world cup i went to teens uh in france got invited to that which was awesome i was I was honestly praying that I would get maybe one World Cup spot this year. I ended up getting three, so I can't complain with that. Um, it was it was really good, and uh, went to teens. Same thing. Heels were super bruised, slightly better, but nothing crazy. Still like barely training each day. Uh, managed to lace two really good comp runs both days, uh, or I guess both runs. Wasn't anything like crazy jump wise, just because you know like I couldn't really push it on my heels. Uh, and I wanted to be consistent, but I was like one spot out of finals, which sucked because that would have been one spot out of finals in like a really legit world cup. Um, ended up getting like <clears throat> 17th or something or whatever it was, which was cool. Really stoked on that. And then went home in between that contest. I flew home, flew directly home. I had, uh, no time off at home. I went straight to my car washed my clothes, got my car, drove eight hours to do uh, another contest in Quebec and Noram, went there, and uh, I just got I just got wrecked that event. I was skiing well in training, um, sore and a little overworked, but skiing well, and just ended up getting bodied in the event. And uh, then I had another World Cup spot I got learned about like that day, and uh, I left the night of in Quebec. So I had like one day to drive the contest, left the day of Big Air, straight to the airport in Quebec, flew out to uh, Silva Plana, which was the biggest contest course of the year, the World Cup contest course of the year, which was insane. I'm so excited to compete there. Um, my heels had, had gotten a little better at this point. I got some better uh, boots and kind of figured out the situation. Still not ideal, but, you know, good enough where I could, like, power through and do, like, a decent day of training and get more than four runs in. And uh, ended up putting together a really solid run I was proud of. I got, like... Um, did both ways switch 14s and a comp run, which I haven't done before, and uh, laced everything pretty clean. Didn't get the score I was looking for, but you know, it was it was good. It was a good time, and uh, it was crazy just to compete at that big of an event with everybody throwing down there. It was cool and pretty eye opening to just like when everybody's on, they're on, and like the finals of that day was it was to watch it. You're like, okay, I know where I need to be at in skiing to like you know really compete with these guys, because I mean Burke Rudd like or rude, however you want to say his name, he had already won the contest. It was like a battle between him and Andre pretty much. Um, the, the other guys that were in finals were also battling it out, but like him and Andre were definitely like really, really close. And uh, dude, he, he'd won the full contest. He was, it was his last run. He had already won. He had a victory lap essentially. And he pretty much upped every single trick he did in his comp run. 
and basically just said like fuck you guys i'm the best it was really cool to see but he did switch eight switch on that 18 to switch other way 16 to dub bio 18 and then his rails were also insane and it's like okay well that's a world cup like those are those are uh olympic winning big air tricks do it done in a world cup contest right now uh slope style contest not a big air contest so that was just yeah it was crazy to see and that kind of wrapped off my contest season of the year i mean i kind of I kind of flew over it, but also went into it in detail. There's a lot of crazy things that happened throughout the years. I'm sure you guys know, but it was, yeah, it was wild. Then after that, um, trying to give you guys a quick recap, flew back, flew out to Whistler. I had a little bit of time at home. was training for a kickboxing fight. Never happened. Had like a couple weeks to train for it. Um, was at home painting and doing a little bit of construction with my dad and just training after the last contest, you know, trying to heal myself up, which probably doesn't make sense why I'd be training kickboxing with bruised heels when I was trying to recover. But, you know, I've never said I was the smartest one. Then went out to Whistler for then to Whistler. That was, it was, it was good. It was a fun time. Did some triples, skied a bit, but honestly, it was kind of feeling burnt out. Um, just so much, so much skiing. And for me, I, I don't know. It was just, it was a lot of, it was a lot of, mending to other people's demands and doing things the way they wanted to this year just to keep a certain appearance up which is why i said like from here on out it's very like very much just like yo it's bruce and we're just gonna do whatever you know we feel like because i don't know i don't really don't really see the need to uh to act a certain way just to please some people um i'm sure those people understand and whatever but yeah i i don't know uh I just went there to us, yeah, and it was fun. It was good. The weather wasn't great. It wasn't spring skiing, and I honestly wasn't as hyped up as I thought it would be, but, you know, did some triples and stuff like that, and then I told myself last season at that time, it was just, just, end, of, just end of March, that I ran a 50K last year. I'm going to run 100K this year, and I hadn't been training for the 100K at all because I bruised my heels. I had started um, with bruised heels, but I couldn't. I, I tried running couldn't do it with the bruised heels and just kept re-bruising them so i ended up taking that time in whistler to like recover a little bit ski a bit and i got my bruised heels like pretty figured out so they weren't that bad i could walk around i could hit um most jumps without feeling too much pain and stuff like that and uh yeah the ski season ended and i took a week off i was in in squamish living with aiden mr Mulvill. we were tramping up a storm the guy's god on the trampoline is absolute god on the trampoline and uh we're just launching and then time came <sighs> your boy ran a 100 kilometer ultra marathon with no training uh it was it was gnarly the month literally within 30 days before uh running that 100 kilometer ultra marathon i had only ran three to five k the entire month like the not not just one run i did one i think i did one run and like one little sprint. I did one 3K run up and down a mountain, which was, again, a little harder because it was up and down a mountain. And then I did like maybe like a one or two kilometer like sprint. That was that was literally it. <laughs> and I just said, fuck it. Went down to Vancouver with my friend Pat and ran a 100 kilometer ultra marathon. It was, it was awful. It was the best experience and the worst experience ever at the same time. I got to 20K. I was having a great time, man. It was like, it was like six in the morning, running past these nice boathouses these crazy uh, inlets and stuff like that in Vancouver. And uh, I was at 20K. I was having a good time. Got to 30K. <coughs> one of my knees started acting up a bit. And I was like, oh, this kind of sucks. But I'm still really making a good pace. I'm going to do a marathon under four hours. I'm like, I'm keeping this up. I'm feeling pretty good. 
40k man i was chugging i was feeling stoked again i was like yeah 40k man we're, we're doing good hit a marathon i did a marathon in under four hours which was my goal um i've done that would be i've done technically four uh, marathons now everyone i've done under four hours with like no training by myself um I don't, i've never done them as a legit races but uh, i just kind of go and do it on my own but uh, it was it was uh it was good to keep it under four hours especially on 100 kilometers but by the time I got to like, I got to 50K, my other knee got so bad. I could like barely, I could barely go up and down hills. Like if, if I wasn't on flat ground, I wasn't jogging at all. Like I couldn't do much more than walking. Um, I don't know why it got so bad. I guess maybe because it's not used to running 50K or more. And also I didn't train for it. So it definitely wasn't used to it. And uh, yeah, 50K to 70K was a nightmare. I was just like hobbling up and down and it was on the route, the route we chose was, or the route Pat chose. And I kind of just followed, um, what it was just like that, that 50 to 70, 80 K mark was all Hills on like back roads. And there was no sidewalk. There was no, there's no like soft grass. There was nothing. And, uh, there's just cars whizzing by you. Like I had to jump in the ditch like two or three times, uh, to just get out of the way of cars. Cause there was no side of the road and, they didn't did not care um but yeah it was good it, that that part sucked um it, it was good but it sucked it was definitely the most painful part and then coming back around at 75k i got to meet up with patrick again i only seen him twice that day so he met me at like 20 kilometers to give me some breakfast and met me at like 60 to give me something to eat for lunch and then at, at 80 i at 80 i got to meet pat again which was exciting i was definitely feeling up in spirits a little bit more because he was going to do the last 20k with me which was huge i don't think without pat doing the last 20k with me i would have finished it but i don't know how how easy it would have been it would have been a lot lot harder it was nice to have some motivation because i didn't like the first eight hours by myself with no music or headphones just running um that that sucks you're just in your mind just like bro this blows and i'm Oh, I still got another marathon to go. And anyways, met up with Pat. Me and him ran uh, Vancouver. Uh, we did, what is it called? Stanley Park Island. And then back around in a couple of more loops. And uh, he was feeding me some food along the way. You know, keeping my spirits up, which was good. I put the music in for the first time at like 80K. And that was a huge uplift too. Anyways, got back. Did it in 13 hours. 13 hours of running straight. It was really, you know, it, it wasn't fun. But we got it done. And uh, it was a very cool experience. It was one of those very emotional things. You cross like that that finish line, and then you're like hit with a wave of emotions. You're like, God damn, did I really just do that? And you're like, Yeah, I did. And then <laughs> that that night, like my knee was so bad. Actually, it took me like a full week to recover, which is, I mean, fair. I did run 100 kilometers with no training, but that uh, that night my knee was in so much pain. Like every every two minutes, three minutes, I'd have to roll over. And every time I rolled over, I have to move my leg and it hurt. And I just like whimper. Uh, Pal was like, you're just basically just crying all night. And I was like, yep, sounds about right. Uh, and then two weeks later after after that 100-kilometer run, I was still in Whistler. I was getting ready. I was going to ski momentum. And I got offered a kickboxing fight in Montreal, in Montreal Fight League. And I had not trained any MMA slash kickboxing um, pretty much all winter minus that one like two week stint I had uh, at home 
And I was like, I really want to do this. I don't know why, but my heart isn't in skiing right now. I need to do something different. I'm going to go take this fight. And my family told me not to, uh, but I really wanted to, and I didn't know what to do. So I flipped a coin and the coin ended up on uh, going fighting. So I booked a last minute flight 10 days before the fight um, is when I found out and decided about it. I was, I was Airbnb or I was, uh, I was hitchhiking and taking like buses, like to the next town, which is Squamish for those of you guys who don't know, which is like 45 minutes away. Cause it's the only place that had an MMA gym and they only had like one class a day. Um, they're super nice, but I got three, three classes in three kickboxing slash boxing slash MMA classes in. So three hours of training with those guys. And, uh, the rest I just was just punching the air and stuff in the park looking like a total idiot for like the five days before flew home made weight the day of and then drove eight hours that morning so i woke up at like five thirty, drove eight hours straight to the contest um got there had my first kickboxing fight it was so much fun it was such a good experience i was standing there before the cage i was definitely a little nervous but when uh when i saw the guy and i you know kind of got to the got to that point like where i was just at the where i was at the event and like they had my walkout music going. I was just excited. I was more excited than scared or anything like that. I was just like, yo, it's time to go. I'm, I'm stoked. Let's go. Let's get it. Um, and it was fun. I won all three rounds and got my hand raised, which was sick. And I'm really hoping to do more of those fights coming up. It was, it was a really cool experience. There's more to that story than, uh, that I'm telling you right now, but I'm not gonna, not to get, gonna get into that because, uh, it's a little inappropriate, but tons of good stuff, tons of crazy things. It was absolutely wild year. I just moved down to Quebec, so this was the fight was like two weeks ago. So we're you know we're re- recapping up to two weeks ago. I thought I'd give you guys a full rundown on the year because I know some of you guys are interested in that. Oh, I also started and launched Slope Academy that one month too, which is uh basically like I have the big online coaching program, which is the one I was talking about earlier in the year, which is Peak Park Performance Program, where I like really dive in and coach these guys like the kids like fully throughout the year. And then I started a membership site where all the video tutorials and everything are there so that everybody can learn on their own. And the, also like a really sick discord community. And then I got a couple uh coaches, like other pros like me and stuff to hang out in the discord and give you guys tips and, and um, talk to you guys and help you guys out with social media and also like ski tricks and stuff like that. And um, basically just like the online coaching thing I was doing before, but just made easier for everybody else to access. Um, not as expensive, more like a, a membership basis where you can come and go as you want. And also doing sick giveaways there and stuff like that and doing some exclusive content. This year, we're going to do some rail jams and events just for the people in uh, in Slope Academy as well, which I'm super excited for. I've been working with Jackson on that, Jackson Car Starter. We got some big things planned, man. This year is going to be absolutely insane. And uh, yeah, moved on to Quebec. I've been training MMA seven days a week. Haven't missed a day. I'm working at Maximize, the airbag place now, so I can train there for free. And uh, I've kind of set my summer up so I can just train for skiing and MMA uh, fully and focus on uh, content and um, and coaching, online coaching, because that's you know what's making all this happen. And uh, it's something I really enjoyed to do. And I'm excited to bring back the podcast. Like I said, that is something that I'm starting today. Next one's going to be with our boy. Next one's going to be with our boy. Our boy, Steep Steep. It's coming out next week. Steep Steep on the podcast. I was going to make this like a 20-minute podcast, but I got rambling and like, you know. You know how it is. It's not. It's no longer 20 minutes. Not even close to 20 minutes. And then after that, maybe Kieran and Devin Fagan will get Podcast Pat back on and we'll really start firing them out. Um, I think one, two podcasts a week. It's really easy for me to hop on here and 
rip a podcast solo. I would love to rip podcasts with the boys. I like that more. I'm sure you guys like that more. You know, get a little bit of banter instead of some little hobbit spewing nonsense for uh, for full almost 50 minutes now. But anyways, it is what it is. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. So stoked to be back, uh, you know, talking, uh, talking shit with the boys, hanging out. Next time I'll be asking for some topics to cover, some things to go over. Um, and I'm really excited to do more of these. Like I said, that was basically my year in a nutshell. And uh, yeah, if you haven't already, I'm, you know, like and subscribe to the podcast. I don't even know how you do that anymore. But, you know, stay tuned. There'll be more coming. And uh, I'm out. Deuces.